Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. I've got Melissa and Tanner with me today. Just going to quickly talk about the subject of mentoring, both being the mentor or maybe a mentee. A lot of organizations do this. It's always kind of a trendy topic of someone getting coaching or mentoring. So we want to come at that from just a few angles today. Uh, I'll just say from real life experience, um, I have been mentored in my life, still try to be mentored in my life at at almost 60 years old, uh, both in my personal life, professional life, spiritual life. I, I want people talking into me. I need somebody that has a different perspective, and that's not always easy to hear, but it, but it is helpful. So at, at the outset, I'd say don't feel like this is just that young people need to be mentored. I think all of us can, can learn from that. But when I do, when I get, when our clients ask us to do some one-on-one, for me to do some one-on-one coaching with a person, also think about this, because when you hear someone's getting coaching, our negative selves can say, oh, that person must be in trouble or they're failing in some way. But realize there's all kinds of reasons that clients ask me to mentor people. Some could be they are very well thought of and they have potential to take on more responsibility and they just want to have me chat with them about that. It could be that, yes, they're doing well, but there's one or two areas that they need to focus on. It could be that they're struggling in many areas, but I would tell you that's not normal. I mean, most of the time it's that we value this person, we want to invest in them, and we would just like you to be part of that. And of course, we take that very seriously and we're honored by that. But but getting coaching, by the way, shouldn't be seen as a like a negative thing or a sign of weakness, that someone's investing in you. And because we all know when we were teenagers and our parents were giving us advice, we didn't always love that and we didn't see it that way. But when you get older, you can start to see, oh, you know, even if I didn't agree with it, they cared about me. So whatever other side of the coin you are in this mentor relationship, just think about it's very serious. It's important. And it really is a sign of respect to be asked to be a mentor or to get some coaching. But Tanner, Melissa, from your side, you've been on probably both sides of this coin as well. Just what, what advice would you give our listeners? So something I want to start with is just encouraging that receiving of mentorship. Like John just said, um, if you're being asked to uh, have a coach, to have a mentor, uh, you know, to listen to someone, uh, you know, for lack of a better way to say that, I would embrace it 100%. I would encourage you to embrace it uh, because you can't learn from what you don't know, right? And even if it doesn't mean this person's going to be perfect and give you all the right answers, um, but it is another perspective that you didn't have before they took that time to invest in you and share with you. And so I would always be open to that, um, even if it seems a little silly or you feel like you don't need it. Um, I would jump at the chance. I would look for opportunities to ask for mentorship and coaching, um, but especially if it's offered to you or required for you uh, from a boss, I would absolutely jump on that. Uh, think of it from the technical side of things. Uh, if you're in, you know, if you know Excel fairly well, but some new projects coming up, or uh, you've, you know, you're taking on more responsibilities, and now your boss wants you to take a macros class, so you know how to do some more in-depth things. Do you turn your nose up at that and be like, "Well, gosh, I don't need that. I can probably figure it out." No, because you're like, "Man, I, this might be more money for me." more opportunity. I might be able to move up in my technical skills. Well, think of it the same way on the mentorship coaching side of things, more likely than not on the soft skill side. 
Um, we're not born perfect. No one is great at this at all. And so how silly of us to think like, oh, I'll be good at that. I'll be fine at that. You know, well, no, we know it doesn't work on the technical side. So how in the world would that work on the people side and the soft skills side? So I would always be open to it. And I'll share a little bit more before we're done, but that would be my first and foremost. Don't snub it. Don't roll your eyes at it. Use this opportunity that you've been given because it's a perspective you didn't have before the opportunity presented itself. Yeah, for me, um, really thinking about it, like from a leadership standpoint, because I had these conversations all the time in human resources positions with leaders, was to try to think of coaching as a proactive measure or means instead of a reactive. Um, I did work for a couple of companies who had coaching built into their disciplinary action process, which I was not a fan of, but we rolled with it. Um, But I was taught early on that coaching was really intended for proactiveness, you know, and just different exposures to different people that had strengths in certain areas that I could potentially build to become stronger. And so, strangely enough, my first boss was probably a mentor to me at the same time, which is unusual, but um, she didn't take it all on herself. Instead, she gave me a list of names of people that she felt would be potential coaches for me in my career and encouraged me to go establish relationships with them. And so still from that, day, from that day, I still have relationships with some of those people who coached me early on, and I'm still eternally grateful to them for that. But I think if you think about it in terms of what can I do to help this person progress, and you really take those opportunities to help them establish relationships, that's ultimately what you're trying to do, is to get them to feed from people who are stronger in other areas than themselves. That's right. And like Melissa said, obviously, if you are a supervisor, manager, you are at least informally coaching people throughout the day and the week. You're giving them some advice and some directives on how to handle things or how to do better on a project. What, and what I was saying is that if it's a one, if it's an off to the side mentoring situation, sometimes being the person supervisor is difficult because the, the mentee in this case is taking all of that coaching as like a performance review. Mm-hmm. And they're they're overthinking it and they're probably more higher anxiety about these discussions. If it's someone from another department, then I think it's it's usually just that like Tanner said, this I did I'd never seen this perspective before, I hadn't heard this before. And if you are in the position of mentoring others to not treat it like a parent or a boss because sometimes that will turn people off that, well, back when I started at the company back in 1973, and that's hard for people to even grasp. So um, I do tell mentors, please make sure that your mentees understand that you've made mistakes, that you struggled, you know, so that doesn't look like, well, you're really lucky to be having me as your coach because I'm a genius and I know everything because that will turn people off. So it's really a great chance. Really, I think mentors should listen more than they talk. And that's hard, too, because you get thrown into that position. You think, I'm getting asked to talk to this person. But to be a great mentor, you really have to listen. I think some of it depends on your culture, too, right? I mean, if you just say, you throw somebody out there (laughs) in the deep end and say, go find a mentor or go find a coach, that's not ever going to work. I think you're going to have to have some structure around that relative to your culture and trying to define that and socialize it so that it becomes somewhat of a norm for your company. Um, And maybe you have a new hire program and maybe you have a five-year program. You know, it just kind of depends on what the needs are of your organization, how many people are retiring, how many people new are coming in. But to socialize it and have it become part of the fabric of the culture, I think is equally important. 
So I'll, I'll just offer some tactical things. I think if you're receiving uh, coaching or mentorship, um, how you can go about that. Well, I already mentioned just being open to the process, right? That's the first step is just uh, regardless of how you feel about it really. And, you know, if you think this is dumb or just take a step of maturity to, to be open to it. Uh, but then through the actual process, I would encourage you to ask questions, to ask some follow-ups to, you know, as it progresses, ask for feedback maybe that's not directly offered and say, hey, have you seen any progress or growth or change over the last several months? Or, um, you know, again, if it's not directly offered, ask, you know, what do you think my biggest uh, hurdle might be? Or what's my biggest challenge or, you know, thing that I can uh, work on? Um, but asking those questions will, again, show that you're open to it. It'll show that you're being proactive about this process as well. You're not just sitting there being forced to absorb, you know, for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever, but you actually are trying to internalize it. And the other thing I'll say is try to take a big picture approach. And what I mean by that is take it outside of your current job. I hope it helps you where you're at right now, but realize you may not be there forever by your choice or someone else's. And so this should be something if, if it's being given appropriately and John's and Melissa both mentioned some mentorship tips on how to give it. But as far as receiving coaching and mentorship, I would say that you've you've got to think big picture. You've got to be open and saying, hey, if they're doing this the right way, this is going to help me down the road. Like this is something I can apply to my next job. This is probably something I can apply at home, you know, off the clock kind of stuff. So don't get so focused on like, well, man, I just want you to help me make a million more dollars, you know, like how to get, get outside of that mindset and think bigger picture. Because um, if you do, I think you'll see that the opportunities you've had in life and that you will have in life to be coached and mentored um, are going to go way beyond on the, the current title you have and, and will hopefully be part of that leaving a legacy. So those are the things I would offer. Think big picture, uh, be receptive to it, be proactive and, and asking for feedback when possible. That's great, Tanner. And I, I'm just going to close with a couple of thoughts. One is another difference nowadays compared to 30 years ago is the amount of voices that are out mm -hmm. there, right? There's a million podcasts and a million TED Talks and, and social media and and there's great stuff about that. We have access to thinkers that we've never had in our lives, which is great. But also realize, to me, we feel like it's better if there's a relationship there. Because you can read a book and that you can you know, listen to a, pod, or a podcast. But someone that knows you uh, at least well enough to say, no, you know I care about you and here's why I'm saying this, yeah. is different than just, even if it's just this awesome uplifting thing you listen to every week, there's great stuff about that. But but real love and respect means I'm going to share truth with you. And there's some life coaches and other people out there that I worry about because I think they're just spreading kind of fairy dust on everybody instead of let's be real. And I'll, this is a silly example, but we just went to see a well-known country artist on a concert and we were watching an interview with this person. And uh, he said that there are people in his, and he's been around for 30 years. And he said, I've got people in my crew basically that I went to high school with. And he said, if I ever get out of hand, like if I'm ever getting too big for my britches or my ego's taking over, these folks will pull me aside and go, hey, dude, that's not you. And what are you talking about? That's not. And I loved that. Like, it's a silly example, but this is a big time star who's making zillions of dollars that doesn't need to have anybody in his life, so to speak. But I think just just that, having somebody that is keeps you grounded awesome. and will share truth with you is, is really important. And then the last thing I'll just say, we obviously offer coaching. 
It's not a you know huge part of our offerings, but we do uh, have that available. I do a lot of it, but any of us on our team would be willing to do that depending on the situation. Again, could be based on people's age and where they are in their career. Tanner's going to have a very different perspective or Madeline than I do. Obviously, from functional background, Melissa with her HR background could be very attractive as a coach to some of you. But the point is we, we offer that, but I will just tell you ahead of time, any of us that do coaching, we don't generally say, well, here's our 10-step plan, and we're going to do all these meetings, and then this is what we're going to do. Now, some of you may not like that, and you might say, well, we want a coach that's going to have this exact plan, and I'm I've had some of those that are a little more like that, but most of the time what I find is it's a, it's a safe place for people to come chat. And in those conversations, whether they're in person or Zoom or on the phone, things just come up and they'll say, hey, remember last time we talked and this happened? I think that is a real beauty of coaching too, that it doesn't have to be a formal 12-step process, but somebody that you can be open and honest with. And again, like I just said, and I'll share truth right back with people. And so if anything, if you are being mentored, be open to truth. And again, you may not like it and it may, you may disagree with some of it, but if anyone's willing to do that with you, I think our, our first reaction can be, this is annoying and they don't know me and blah, blah, blah. But I think to step back is really important. And that's true if you're 60 years old or 20. So something I'll add just off script and Madeline can cut this out with her great editing skills if we don't want this in. So if you're hearing this, obviously she left it, but, um, John hit the nail on the head when talking about like the relational aspect of a coaching plan, right? It's not a cookie cutter approach. And I want to take that one step further and say, that's really the whole concept of the VIP way and everything we talk about and everything we do as a company, the people who don't quote unquote get it are those people who are looking for that formula to plug in so that they can get X result, whether on the people side or the work result side. Um, but that doesn't work in the VIP way. It doesn't work in the coaching pro process of that way. Um, what we offer is is not rocket science. It's not overly complicated. It's pretty straightforward, um, but it really is just a, a guide, right? That's it's, it's a direction and there's some supporting pieces we offer. Coaching is one of them, uh, training surveys, you know, services, things like that. Uh, but all of that is just to help you get there in your own way, if that makes sense, right? Every company is unique. Every person is unique. And so with the VIP way and the coaching elements under that, all of this is so relational. It doesn't work without that relationship. And so I just, again, want to throw that out there because you, maybe you're a listener who's, you know, been keeping tabs on us for a while and you're like, man, when are they going to come out and just tell me what to do? Well, I'm telling you, that's not really who we are. And it's not because we're shying away from that or because we haven't seen some things work in other places or here in this company over the last 10 years. But I'll tell you, it, it's unique to the people and the, and the organizations involved. So uh, hopefully that helps. Hopefully it doesn't discourage you. It actually encourages you uh, to, to handle this the right way. But again, um, if this is in here, hopefully that helps you out. Um, but I'll throw it back to John to close this out. No, perfect. Thank you both. And again, um, I hope what you hear in these podcasts, if you have listened to more than one episode, is that we do care deeply about this subject. We care about our listeners. We care about the fact that you spend all this time at work. And so I hope if anything that comes out clear in these podcasts so you know you can reach out to us uh, with anything and so please do that if necessary but uh, thank you all for listening thanks for listening today 
If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for your future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.